We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man Andreas Hale, Colin Booth. Today, everybody else brought like fancy sneakers to do like the, the sneakers on the table cam. Look at this. These are these 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 forces are like shit. I bought these in 08. Jesus, I was almost in high school. Bought them All Star Weekend 08. Uh, Vegas. Yeah, I happened to be undefeated, and I was like, all right, I need to go to. I need some new kids, and I bought these, and I. Warm like I shout out to undefeated. I go to the Korea barbecue spot next to there all the time. Yeah, Obviously, you don't, you don't go undefeated. There. No, no, no. I know plenty of people who shop there. Though. Yes, I used to. <laughs> but yes, I've, I've owned these kicks. I'll put them up one more time. They're not as clean as they used to be, but you know, no, they those, work. Listen, those those are dope. I never understood another thing about sneaker people is where do you put all these sneakers when you have them for like 15 years? What do you mean where you put them? Where do you put them? Like, you need space? Yeah, I know. I have two closets full of sneakers. Your wife is an understanding woman. Well, she has, well, look, all right, so I have my office closet. Okay. I have, we have a big walk-in closet in our master that has two different sides, and I have shoes from the, literally, from the floor to the ceiling. And then I have my clothes, then I have another closet with clothes, and my wife has that closet, and then we have, in our uh, room, we have our loft upstairs in our master bedroom, so we have a loft in our master where she has a clothes rack. And then she has more shoes, and her shoes are on the wall. So it's, it's a lot. It sounds Like exhausting. moving, moving, that was the hardest part. <laughs> like moving all my sneakers was absurd. Like the movers came in and were like, what are you supposed to do this shit? I was like, I don't know, figure it out. So oh, I, did they pack for you too? No, I didn't. Oh, I love that service. Yeah. It I, doesn't I strike me as you would let people pack for you. Well, I did, when I moved to New York. You have a bunch of collectibles and shit? Yeah, when I moved to New York for BET, they moved me, right? Because it was absurd. Like there was just no way. They wanted me to move to New York in like a month. Yeah. And they brought the movers in. I was like, how are y'all going to do this? And I, they, just, they just went to work. But then when you have movers pack your stuff, you don't know where anything is. That's true. They like, try to write stuff, but they only write numbers. Yeah, they was like, oh, three. And I'm like, what the hell is this? You got the other paper. I'm looking from here yeah. to there. We're spoiled people problems. <laughs> that, yeah, this is first this world next, problems. Yeah, this is next level shit. This it's is like, not oh poverty my God, problems. People came in and uh, packed for me. Today, sadly and unfortunately, I do not have all my black DCs. No, because you have on what? White DCs again. Jesus. Put them on the table. Just because the white, you know, I couldn't wear black DCs with my Bobby Boucher jersey. It's Halloween week already for me. Yeah. So I figured uh, I won't come full costumed out. 
Should I wear my Boucher jersey today? Probably wear another one on our next show later in the week, making sure you know I, I keep into theme. And hopefully, I get my My Hero Academia sweater to wear on Sunday when we record uh, next Sunday because that'll actually be Halloween day. And my son is going as Deku for My Hero Academia. Shout out to my anime nerds out there. And he wants me to be All Might, uh, which is Deku's mentor on the show. So he was like, Dad, you got to be All Might. I was like, all right, Cass, like, I'll FaceTime you. We can be in costume together. And then I'll wear it on the show. And he was like, oh. he was like I got to see it. So he's like super hyped. So I'm hoping my hoodie gets here at least so I can rock my All Might hoodie. He has the full, the full getup. He's still, I love that he's still in the age where he could like dress up and like, but this is probably like the last year until he goes to college and just goes to like toga parties and shit. Like <laughs> you, you go on like an eight true. year gap where you just don't care about dressing up anymore and you just rob people for candy. And then you go to college and be like, okay, nah, it's dope because there's always theme parties and you try to go and dress up again. But yeah, this is like his last hurrah for the costume before he just says, oh, the hell with it. My daughter still dress up. Though. Well, it seems like. Younger women still dress up. Us as men, we reach a certain age, we're like, ah, dressing up, no thanks. Where's the party at? Yeah, yeah, that's all we care about at, at a certain point. So it's dope. You'll see me in uh, some gear this entire week. I'll make sure everything else I wear will be with black DCs, though, Don't to, bring this, to bring this uh, all full circle. The other thing we want, I want to talk to you about is we had a big fight. It's our boxing show today. That water is delicious. <laughs> so Drake hey, just man. took a drink of this Win water we have in the studio. Shout out to Blue Water Studios here at Win Las Vegas. This is impressive. Yo, this water is next level. Like they got the fancy natural spring water bottles. Um, you guys obviously haven't been to the set yet, but if you're in Vegas and we're chilling and everything, and you watch the show, the studio is incredible. We got the green room with a full bar and a little fridge. Uh, Dre got the fancy green bottle water, Perrier over there, and then he got the the silver bottle wind joint, and it's just stocked in here. So I was like, yo, we got the fancy water. This, no. And you are Mr. Fancy Pants. So I was like, this is right up your, no, your alley. You drink this water, and you're like. Ah, just crisp. It's just crisp. Yeah, it's very delightful water. You guys are not listening to a podcast for us to drink water. <laughs> You're listening no. for a boxing show, and yeah, we've tons got a to bunch talk of about. Yeah, what do we got to talk um, about? Shakur versus Herring went down in Atlanta this weekend. The entire card had some points to talk about, so we'll go through all of that, top to bottom. Uh, we'll talk about the celebs that showed up in the building. Because what is Atlanta if you're not a celeb or trying to fake like a celeb, which is a whole different thing that I noticed there. I stepped on this man's mink coat, which I think is mink. Like I don't. I don't know. Everyone was dressed way too fancy for this. And I've never seen that many diamonds in my life. Diamonds. I, I, they might be diamonds. But everyone's iced out. It, it, was, it was crazy. And uh, just me and my black DCs, chilling, working the event. And then we're also going to talk about the upcoming fight this week, which there's two. There's an ESPN card going down in New York, um, which is a good card, but we don't really got to cover it. But here, Boots Ennis versus... Thomas DeLorme is going down, not even the main event, which is crazy. Um, James versus Boutier, main event. All right, but everyone knows they're coming out to see Boots put on the show this week, so we'll actually talk about that and preview that later on in the show as well. Dre, I went to Atlanta for the fight, though. That's where I got to start. You're a man of many brunches. 
Many, many, many. <laughs> you are the brunch god around these parts. There is a distinct difference. And now it's like hip-hop between West Coast brunch, East Coast brunch, and down South brunch. Well, black brunch. Sure. I mean, there's... <laughs> We went to like a black brunch spot. Like uh, there was a lot of black people when we went to New York for um, WrestleMania. Yeah, no, but see, that, that yeah, was like West Coast brunches don't be like like hitting like that. Well, I mean, if it depends on the flyer, right? If there's a flyer for your brunch, I sent you the flyer. Like yeah. it was like bikinis, yeah, exactly, booty out. I'm like, that's and that's, I had to scan it to get my menu. Right, so that's <laughs> that's a different level of brunch. Yeah, I go to brunch, they just have a menu. There is no women in bikinis. No. There's, there's no advertisement. I just know that this spot has brunch, and it's delicious. i never seen shit like this in my life. You go to Atlanta, you get a flyer. Somebody's handing it to you. There's, like, drink specials. Yep. And you're like, hey, I just want breakfast and lunch with some liquor in between. <laughs> no, you get a DJ. They'll have a DJ advertising on the flyer. Old DJ. DJ such and such playing the jams from the 80s or whatever the hell they're doing. They have brunch boots. I don't go anywhere with brunch boots. It's too much for me. <laughs> I'm sure you saw brunch boots. I have never seen a brunch boot. Okay, so like there are women and men who come to brunch wearing like these boots that they would never wear anywhere else in their life. They'll have like rhinestones on them. Yes, man. Trust me. I've well, seen I this really like look down to see what they were wearing. Oh. People were dressed to the nines. So it was like, so I get there. Any Atlanta people listening, I try to go to a place called Breakfast at Barney's. People were talking up. I'm like, cool. I woke up kind of late. I was working the night, the fight the night before, this Sunday before I flew out. And I was like, cool, let me go to brunch. I Uber there, not picking up their phone. It's like 1130. They were black, right? Yeah. Of course they're not. Gonna <laughs> they're not picking up their phone. They're like, yo, I don't recognize this number. I ain't picking up this phone. So <laughs> I get there, two hour wait. And there's people waiting on yeah. the street, lying down the street. Their pancakes look delicious. No pancakes are worth two hours. No. Can't do this. So I'm like, all right, what, what do you got? And this one is like fancy. It's like all white decor. People look like a mesh of, I guess, club clothes and church clothes here. It was like right in the middle. Oh, it was Sunday too. Ooh. Oh, it was Sunday, bro. Sunday. So they went from the club to the church to brunch. Maybe no stops in between. Probably not. Just changing the back of the car. So I'm like, all right. Kind of classy. Looks like a brunch place. They have mellow music playing. Like nice, like early nineties R and B type stuff. Eighties. Yeah. Cool. I'm like, I can't eat here, bro. Wife's like, yo, there's a place around the corner, it says. Let's check it out. All right. Go around the corner. It's a place called Graffiti. They have karaoke brunch. No lie. I'm like, so they got outdoor seating. Cool. I walk up, the door opens. You would think is Magic City the night before. Like, the music's blaring. Everyone, halter tops, booties out of heels. I'm just like, yo, what is going on in here? Like, the DJ spinning. Someone, I walked up, and someone was karaoke and Young Money. New Tiger's whole verse. Mm. I was like, oh, this is a whole different place. Mm. But I was like, I got to eat. Order my food. Food is delicious. Next problem. And people, if you brunch outside of Vegas and the West Coast, please let me know. Is bottomless mimosas 
not a black brunch thing. All right. I had to pay <laughs> per mimosa. And I was going to drink. And the entire time, the mimosas were all right. They brought them to me in a plastic cup. Oh, no. Plastic cup. And But it was good for what it was. But per mimosa? What are we doing out here? Look, man, some places they don't do bottomless brunch. They do bottomless. So, so here's the rule, right? There's a rule. I love bottomless brunch because I'm drunk. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm just a lush, right? Yeah. The, the champagne's always cheap. It's not, you never go to a bottomless brunch place and you, like, see the bottle of champagne and you're going, oh, man, that's, a, that's an expensive bottle of champagne. <laughs> it's usually, like, the cheapest champagne you can find. But it's bottomless, so you drink as much as you can so you're full or drunk or both. Yeah. Right? Some places they don't do bottomless brunch. They have drink specials. And you have to seek them out because you have to make sure the bartender's making a very good drink because they, they, some places do watered-down drinks. You don't want to do that. Bottomless brunch, it just depends on where you're at. If you can find a, a spot that has the name of the champagne on the menu, that's the bottomless brunch you should go to. But not every place does it anymore. I didn't see it any places down there. Like when I was looking places up, like you said, they just had drink special menu. Yeah. Like I don't want a Hennessy cocktail frozen thing at my brunch. Like no, I don't need a Hennessy yeah. slushy. Not that's, not, that's that's not, not in the middle of the day. etiquette. Yeah, no. they're not early. Like I I drink throughout the day, right? Right now I don't, which is crazy. Like I'm literally talking to you about this, and I haven't had a drink. Solidation. Yeah, I know. It's been like solidarity. Three months now. Yeah, it's a lot for me. You this got like five to go. This is hard. Five, six. Like, I'm, I'm telling my wife, I was like, yo, we might have to get this baby out of here early. Because <laughs> I, I got to get back to it. Away. But, <laughs> but it's like, I like mimosas with my brunch or a breakfast drink or coffee, right? All right. Like, and when I mean, say breakfast drink, it should have some orange juice. Like, yeah. I don't need Hennessy at 11 a.m. No. Right? Or any kind of cognac. There was a Doucet cocktail. There was, I was like, yo. Too early for this. What are we doing here? Yeah, I'm a champagne in the morning guy. Champagne and whatever kind of juices you have. Orange, cranberry, whatever. But some, dude, it's just a different culture when African Americans have brunch. Different like, I don't guy. like loud music when I brunch. Like, I like to enjoy my food, my drink, and my company. I'm not here looking for other people at brunch. If I couldn't have sat outside, they tried to sit me inside. I was like, nah, my brother. Like, and they just had, like, random seats on the street. And I was just like, I'll sit at that table. Like, outside, like, it wasn't even fancy. I was like, I, I know where I'm at. I, I left the fancy place. I'm not even expecting fancy. But I can't be in here watching someone sing Keisha Cole dumb loud in my ear. Yeah, no, that's Off not, key. That's not fun. Someone sang Mary J. Blige, the Hateration Holleration song. Nope, that's not a person. <laughs> I was like, what? It was ludicrous. Welcome to Atlanta. It was all over the place. That's, yo. I go to brunch, I want, a, I want some down tempo. Yeah. I want some easy, easy on a Sunday morning. I'm trying to chill. Yep. Nope. If I have to listen to Ludacris at my brunch, <laughs> we're not at brunch, we're at the club. Some people got to differentiate. I just came from the club. I'm not trying to go to another club to eat. That's exactly what they wanted to nah. do. The food was delicious. Well, I that's, that's always that. good. The food is delicious. I just like to enjoy it. They had I don't want to have to yell. They were incredible. Like, if we're sitting across from each other having brunch, like, I'll get a brunch. Is, you know, they bring out the champagne bottle and stick it in there. And, yeah. And if I, I got to yell at you. I've witnessed many of these brunches. Yes, yes you have. I paid for one. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but if I got to yell at you, I'm not enjoying myself anymore. No. I, it, I, maybe I'm just washed, right? Like, I'm at the age now. Like, if I got to go to the club and I got to yell at you to have a conversation, I'm probably going to leave the club. It's not fun anymore. <laughs> it's like, I don't, because one, the music's, 
this is like club etiquette for me too. I'm at the age now where I, when I go to places, I want to hear the shit I want to hear. Oh, that's, you're never going to go no. somewhere and hear what you want to hear. So when I don't hear what I want to hear, and I hear something very loud that I really don't want to hear, like especially in Vegas, right? Vegas clubs still play 50 Cent in the club. Oh, and hard. if that song comes on, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm out. I'm like, I, I don't like this song anymore. It's like it's almost two decades are old. <laughs> Yep. And you're playing it really loud, and I can't talk to you anymore. So if I go to, to brunch and the same thing happens, like, one, you shouldn't be playing in the club at a brunch. I'm at a brunch. Play in the brunch. Play Nas' song, Brunch on Sundays. No, no one's playing Nas. No, nobody's playing There's that. There's no Nas. No, they were playing. They played Jeezy TM101. What are we doing? <laughs> like, I don't want to sell cocaine while I, like, I have my brunch. This is, like, I just want to enjoy brunch. When people stopped singing, because there was, like, 15-minute uh, periods in between where, like, no one would sign up. And sing, and like what he was even spinning was like deep, deep Atlanta stuff. Like Future was played at least three times. That's not fun. They played like one of the young whippersnappers, not young thug, but one of those like young kids. They played that, like, and people were jamming out to the music, dancing. I was like, "Yo, this is really just a club on a Sunday." Yeah, I, I don't want that. With some scrambled eggs, like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it, it was, it was odd. One thing, shout out to Atlanta, though. The wings are great everywhere. I had wings at, like, three different places. I mean, I, I love Atlanta. Atlanta's just a different culture. In, in I think time. it's America's Deli. American Deli was dope. I never I, had that. Someone's like, yo, go there. It was like a hood spot, but it was great. And I had the best cheesesteak ever, Big Dave's cheesesteak. It can't um, be the best cheesesteak ever because it's not from Philly. He is from Philly. It's still not the best cheesesteak ever. Yeah, he was on Breakfast Club um, this week, Big Dave. But um, Big Dave's cheesesteaks, best cheesesteak I've ever had in my life. Really? Yep. All right, I'm off. He has three joints in Atlanta. He was on, like, Shark Tank. They picked him up. So he's franchising, like, different places now. And he was on Breakfast Club today. So I guess he, like, really blew up. Man. But, um, yeah, Philly dude moved to Atlanta, opened his joint out of, a, like, a gas station. And then now they're all different places. I went to the one downtown. Best cheesesteak I've ever had. Cheese was on the cheesesteak? Three cheeses. So you get the works. You can, like, piece it together however you want. But I got the works, which is provolone, I think, cheese whiz, and another type of cheese, onions, peppers. It comes with mushrooms. I get no mushrooms. Yeah, yeah, no mushrooms. But the, and then the steak was just, oh, the grease, not too greasy, though. Yo, this cheesesteak was, and I've been to Philly several times. It's the best cheesesteak I've ever had. All like, right. no lie, in Atlanta. So, I mean, the food everywhere was pretty good. Went to the steakhouse a couple nights. That was dope. But Atlanta people were just different. Everybody, <laughs> like I'm looking around, even like there's, there's disparity. So once you hit like 40 plus, everyone looks like Ron Ivey. <laughs> like, and like, everyone looks like they're on stage at the verses. Long coat, hat, beard, and your beard better be salt and pepper. Like if you 40 foot, it better be or they laughing you out of the building. If you don't got a beard, you at least got the goatee. You got something like everyone's well manicured as men. All women still wear cat suits. Like the women were like, yeah, like just one piece. But like, I'm like, yo, I'm like, y'all are legit 50, 55, stepping out like this is your glory year. And you pulled up in some black DCs, didn't you? Yeah, my work shirt. (laughs) In fact, I didn't park, I didn't pack nothing else. I just went on playing with my black DCs. Whatever I wore that weekend oh my was with black DCs, regardless of color of top or jeans. 
You are, so you are something else. Um, <laughs> cold piece of work. Uh, so that was like the upper ages that were around for fight week. Forty and below. Everyone dressed like literally. I stepped on the set of a rap video. Chains, iced out, watch, iced out. I didn't see that many grills, but everyone ice everywhere. The, the the pants with the stupid half sagging belt buckle, the the women dress like sheer up top and this and like which nothing wrong with that, but I was like, yo, everybody in Vegas, you know where people depending on where you are, you know how people are gonna be dressed. If there's urban loitering after a fight, we know what to expect. I showed up on a Thursday at four PM. Everyone's dressed like this. Weigh-in day on Friday. I walk out after weigh-in day, go to steakhouse. Everyone's dressed like this. Saturday for the fight, took the shit to another level, but they're still dressed like this. There's no downtime in your closet. No. Like, yo, fam, you don't own a hoodie? You don't, you don't own some comfortable jeans? Do you like, know how long they've been waiting for this? Sweats? Nothing. Well, I wouldn't even say that. I was going to say, you know how long we've been waiting for this, but this is Atlanta. This is just... So it's their weekly. This, I mean, like casual Tuesdays might be a thing, and then they dress to the nines every other day. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's Atlanta. I guess that's just how they. It's like loving hip hop, like that. I thought that was like drummed up, for yeah, like in Real Housewives and blah blah. But people really have like boutique openings or go to brunch and and dress all the way. I'm like, yo, you ain't on camera. Yes, they are. In their mind. In their mind. Like, there's, there's some iPhone camera around here. Somebody's taking a picture. Doing this for the gram. Like, you don't know who's going to pop. Like, Yo, so you, you're saying urban loitering was at, like, pinnacle. The peak of the peak. They just call it loitering. Like, at this point. Yeah, there is this no point, there, there's, there's no other type. for Like, every single day. And in the hotel, you know, it's fight week. You see people come down. And some people were just around, like, for fight week that weren't with the fighters or everything else. There was a convention there as well. So those people, convention people, only people in normal ass clothes. Everybody else dressed way over the top. I'm like, yo, like it seemed exhausting to have to dress up every single day. Especially for you. I oh, know yeah, you nah. were like, this is they, too much. They look at me like, yo, he ain't from here. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. No. <laughs> quick. Yeah. He, that guy ain't from here. I don't know what he does, but he just in and out because he clearly. Is not dressed right for this. He got Everybody DCs. got Jordans. Everybody. Yeah, you got on DCs. You yeah. From there. I couldn't even, like, if, even if I brought, like, my Adidas joints or, like, my Nikes, I would have still stuck out. Everybody got Jordans. No one wears, no guy wears anything else. Except some people had hard bottoms. Like, legit hard bottoms to a fight. You were offended. Oh, I was like, these are not my, these are not my these people. These are not my people. <laughs> <laughs> this, these are not my people. I was like, nah, this, I. I can't go here. This is this is what I thought. I was like, oh, Atlanta. I could never live here. Ever. Like, it's just a culture clash. Like, mm-mm. I don't, I don't spend money like that. And I don't know if they spend money on the clothes. Like, oh, they do. The, yeah. They the do. cost of living, I guess, is cheap. Like, a house is cheap. Absolutely. So you get some extra money to yeah. go shopping, I guess. But I ain't going and buying stupid Conor McGregor style fucking shirts, the Gucci shirts or whatever. Like... No, for what? For what? It makes no damn sense. We went, we were searching for a brunch place. They had a themed brunch. 
this one place we looked at that we didn't go to, obviously. But every Sunday they have themed brunches. Their theme for that Sunday was cartel. That sounds dangerous. What is a cartel thing? I was like, yo, this is where you've gone to. I was like, so everyone's dressed like narcos? Like, I, I, I don't get this. Mm. They just make up shit down there. Yeah. To have a reason to go shopping and buy shit. I was like, this is bizarro world, Kel. Like, if I moved there, I'd be the exact opposite of who I am now. they kick you out. Oh, it'd be scary. No, what if I, like, immersed myself in their culture? Yeah, that'd be a sight to see. Yeah, like, like I was, like, you know, the people who study, like, the Bushmen, and you try to immerse yourself in the culture and do, like, natural geography You'd be in deep shit. cover. Yo, <laughs> yeah. Like Larry Fishburne in the movie, yeah. like, that like you'd be in deep cover. And be like, you would get so deep in the cover, you come home, be like, Kel, where's the DCs? I don't wear no DCC. You're out. You're out. <laughs> it's over. You can dress like you used to dress. I worked in Atlanta for like three weeks, came back, and I just came. You'd have brunch boots. Like, <laughs> you'd have some straight up spike <laughs> boots. Spike boots. Oh, that's what you're talking about. Yes. It has a little pet. Yes. Like the little, uh, little spike boots. Shit. It looks like they hurt you. I've seen multiple people wearing that, those. Uh, those are brunch boots. Oh, that's I ridiculous. would never wear them. I saw a guy wearing black ones with like little gold spikies. Yeah, and that's what you'll come back in. Oh. <laughs> I like hell. You, you're out, man. It, it, you figured it out. The crime is done. You, you're out. We pulled you out. You know how people cosplay anime? Yeah. I'm going to be the first person to cosplay like Black Cobra. <laughs> a black person <laughs> cosplay? I'm going I'm I'm to be like, yo, I'm cosplaying Atlanta people that's today. <laughs> like, that's, that's real. Like, I'd be like, nah, what are you? No, I'm just coming to set. Be like, nah, I'm cosplaying Atlanta people. Because it's a whole different world down there. Yeah. I'll, and you went to school down there. You were Morehouse. almost Atlanta Dre. But, but the problem is I went to Morehouse, so I was broke. <laughs> so it was like there was nothing I could do, right? Yeah. I would just go sightsee. Like, that was, that was me. I was, it's like I was going to the zoo every week because <laughs> I was just looking at people, and I was like, I can't afford this. I can't afford that. We used to go to Lenox Mall all the time. College hoodie. That's all you could yeah. afford. I mean, you know, I'd save up all my money to buy, like, one hoodie, right? And it, I'd be at Lenox Mall, and I'd be like, you know, it just don't fit in here. I can't afford this. <laughs> They were kids. There was so there were two sets of twins. My crew, we had a set of twins. Shawnee and Zuri was like they were like supermodels on campus. My boy Ramon was with us. Yeah. So it was like we were like this super light skinned crew, right? Everybody knew who we were because <laughs> of them. It wasn't because of me. It was because of them. These buff model yeah. looking twins. Ramon still looked like a model. Yeah. yeah he Ramon's like six, six three. three. Yeah. <laughs> I saw crew and it was like me. So it was like we would go out and there was these other twins. Right, so our friends, twins, they had like a, a Mustang, which was like baller, you know what I'm saying? Like we're, we're I think this is freshman year. Only kids on campus had cars because you couldn't have cars. So they had like a green Mustang. And I was like, oh, man, these are homies. We can go out. There was another set of twins. They both drove individual Benzes. I was like, why are you here? Oh, there's levels to this. Yeah, I was like, why are you fresh? They, I think they were freshmen or so. I was like, why are you in school? You won. The game's over. You already won. <laughs> They would wear like Louis Vuitton. Like, they would wear. Oh, they got to be a legacy. Like their parents went there. It had so to be going there, type. Like Mark Curry's like daughter went there. Like there was all these people would go to Morehouse. It was like a complete divide. So me and Ramon, we were broke all the time. <laughs> I don't even know how we showed up in clubs half the time. We showed up in the college clubs. Like we met Foxy Brown. Like we met. There's so many stories that would I'll say for a whole other pro- podcast. Broke Dre in when college. When Ramon comes to Vegas oh. next, he got to come on the show, and we just got to, like, chop it up about those years. Because didn't you guys, like, steal cable to watch wrestling pay-per-views? Well, no. Like, <laughs> no. Ramon, <laughs> Ramon had, at Clark, they had cable. Oh, okay. At That's Morehouse, cool. they didn't give us cable. 
right? Which was sad, the right? Struggle. It was <laughs> pathetic. And it's, you know, it's before streaming and all that. So it was like, it was me, my TV, and my PlayStation, and like regular television. And this is when Jerry Springer was like at his peak. Oh, So yeah. we'd run back to the dorm to watch Jerry Springer. Like Ramon, they had cable. So we'd run to his dorm. This is 99, 98. And he would have, we flipped back and forth, Nitro and Raw, because he had it. But we were broke. <laughs> Somehow we went out every week. We were underage drinking every week, out of, every day. Forget every week. I had a friend who used to have a bottle of Crown World in the, in the library at Morehouse. Well, on the AUC, there was a library, and we called it Club Woody. <laughs> the, the library is called like Woodrow Woodridge Library. We called it Club Woody because it was the club. We'd sit on the steps, broke, drink our liquor, and just people watch. It was like, what? <laughs> it, it was like, and we'd ask this question Does that person go here? Nah. Because you look at him and be like, look at their dress. There's no way. That person go here? Oh, yeah, he's broke. <laughs> so I, the, all the stuff that you're talking about that you saw, I would have never saw because I was broke. We used to scrounge up money to go to the Jamaican spot to get a beef patty. It was like, oh, we got a beef patty. Like, we can only no, afford the one. The Jamaican food down there is fire. It is. Though. But we are broke. But when I go to Atlanta now, I can experience it because I got money now. And I can go and I can <laughs> be frivolous and, and throw my money around and, and enjoy. Listen, but man, I, used to, I was trying. It's like a, it's, it was it's a different. fight week, but it was – it was different. I was like, I stuck to what I know. Steakhouses. Yeah. I thought brunch is what I knew. No, brunch was, is not what you know. No, no, that's a whole different level. I need to, I am like at beginner level of brunch. Yeah. I need to elevate no, 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 my you, game. You had a good level of brunch. That's a different brunch. Yeah, different, I ain't ready for that's that. Like, that's like the and one of brunches, right? <laughs> There's the NBA of brunches where it's like, you know, you have a rookie contract and, you know, you, you're, you're, you've been along now for a little yeah. while, so you know a decent brunch. That's the end one of brunches. Yeah. Like, there's no reason that you should be carrying, dribbling through your legs, throwing it off the backboard for some pancakes. Like, <laughs> that's and one brunch, different brunch. Oh, yeah, it was a whole, whole different environment there. And then the fight night, day before the brunch, celebs come through. We have Shakur Stevenson walking out with Quavo, which a lot of people thought, like, what? Because he's from Jersey. But... Yeah. He likes the down south atmosphere. He's moved to Texas um, now, so he lives full-time in Texas. Houston, I believe. Training um, over there. Understand it. Cool. You want to fight in Atlanta. He liked the atmosphere around tanks, fights in Atlanta. The culture's there. It really opened my eyes, like Quavo specifically walking Shakur out, is I think Atlanta, New York transplants aside, because a ton of people from New York moved down there. But I think Atlanta is like what New York was when we were growing up for them. Where people are like, yo, I want to go to New York. Like if you're in hip hop culture or you're a fan of it and you're young, you're like, oh, I got to go to New York. I got to get into that culture, blah, blah, blah. I got to go there. That's where people are making moves. And to them now, it's like, oh, I got to fight in Atlanta. That's where like all my rapper homies are. I need a presence in Atlanta. Like that's fun. Like it, it was, it was eye opening. I was like a kid from the East Coast, close to New York, all that stuff. Oh, he wants to go to Atlanta to be immersed in hip-hop culture. And then you have Jamel Herring, who's 35, not 24, right. like Shakur is. And he's like, nah, bringing Jada down here. Jada walks him out. People loved it because, again, half the people in Atlanta are now New York transplants. It's like when people used to move to Florida. Yeah. Uh, now all the people 40 through 55 from New York moved to Atlanta. So people went crazy for Jada. We had um, Michael B. Jordan. Got the celeb entrance. I captured his entrance for social, for ESPN social. Cool. I'm in the back. He walks in. I say, what up? I'm like, yo, I'm going to film you as you walk, you know, into the arena. He's like, cool, no problem. 
I go, I film it, um, walks past me, then I loop around, because um, my wife and, uh, my wife, my aunt, my cousin, I have, like, family down there. I got them tickets. They came to the fight. I went to check on them. They take Michael B. Jordan around, and they're standing, like, their seats are on the floor, like, next to the walk-in ramps. They walk Michael B. Jordan down the walk-in ramp for, like, the television-style entrance. And my wife, they're like, Michael B. Jordan's coming out. Everyone's like, ah. My wife watches him walk, sees him. She's like, that's a good-looking man. And I was like, mm-hmm. And I'm talking to her at this point about how I met him in the back. And she's paying no attention to me. She follows him all the way around with her eyes. I'm right next to her. She follows him, follows him, follows him to the point, mouth open the whole time, to the point where he gets to his ringside seat, and she's like this, like just mouth, like finger in mouth, like damn near drooling. And I'm like, <clears throat> she's like, leave me alone. But I was like, damn, like Michael B. Jordan got it. What, what am I supposed to say at that joint? I'm just like, can't say shit to my wife right now. But I tell you this much, don't let somebody walk around. Wait till that next famous person walk by me. I'd be like, yep, I'm following them all the way with it. I don't even know what celeb I like. I like weird celebs. But I will be ogling them the whole time. My wife can't say no. But she was, she was on some Michael B. Jordan. Did she get a hall pass? For Michael B. Jordan? I guess. Like, I don't, it's you Michael gotta, B. Jordan. You got you to gotta be certain. There can't be no I guess, because you'll take that I guess run with it, and then you'll have <laughs> Michael B. Jordan babies running around here. No, no, listen, neither <laughs> of us can have kids, so we could. Um, but no, yeah, like, that's a weird hall pass. I, I'm just saying. I mean, I, hall passes are like fantasy booking. Booking, anything, yeah. Right? So my criteria for a hall pass is, one, it's, I don't know his age. That's why it's a weird hall pass. It can't be someone younger than him. Yeah, Michael B. Jordan is about I'm, th- I'm 33. He's about so I don't know where this falls in her hall pass bracket. So it can't be younger than me. And and this is, this is the next step. He also can't be bald. That's a very strange, Very specific thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, why? Because I'm bald now. Too close to home. Wow. All right. If you're going to get a hall pass, it better be for somebody different. Like, you, you better go and find someone with a full beard because I, I don't got it. Like, there, there better be a reason for this hall pass. Go get an older gentleman. Idris Elba, for example. Like, <laughs> like you know, like someone who's, like, distinguished. It, it, it got to be something different. If you use your hall pass on someone that looks like me, oh, no, you're trying to replace me. If, hmm. if you break... Be like, yo, I need a hall pass. All right. I'm getting someone who looks like you but has a six-pack. <laughs> but, like, yeah, but he makes, like, a couple more million dollars. I'm like, oh, no, you're just trying to upgrade. Like, no, you're just trying to get up out of here. That's not even something, like, you quizzical about. Like, you, you planning your escape and jumping to Kel 3.0, Super Saiyan 3 Kel. Like, if this is go- – I'm, I'm regular Goku. So, no, yeah, no, no, you can't, you can't do that. So that's my hall pass criteria. I don't know where Michael B. Jordan falls in that. If he is indeed older than me by any amount of time, say he's 34, yeah, she got it. Hmm. It'd be very weird if she chose a short person, too. Very interesting. Yeah, but she has, like, a, a lifetime crush on, on Puff, which is odd because I've known Puff since I was a little kid. So uh, I was like, no. Nah. Like, she joked. She'd be like, oh, well, just Puff. Like, her hall pass person would be Puff. 
And I'm like, no, nah, that's way too close. That's like way too close to family. Six degrees separation. Can't do it. Like my cousin who I brought to the fight is best friends with Puff's kids. Um, Misa is his godmother. Like it's very close in the family. Misa Hilton? Yep. Wow, that's weird. Like they grew up together. Like uh, him, Justin, uh, shout to Nico, all that stuff. Like they are family of family. Um, my uncle worked at Bad Boy when I grew up and all this stuff. So yeah. it's this it's very close to home. I was like, nah, Puff can't be your homeboy. That I I'm sorry, I'm diverting guys. Because you, you mentioned Misa and Nico, uh, JoJo's son. Yeah, Nico has a show uh today, as a matter of fact, as we're recording this, my cousin flew out of Atlanta after the fight to go to Nico's show. So Nico might be involved with Our Hills Rock in a way because I did a panel with JoJo years ago. His pops. Yeah. Rhapsody is EP in Nico's album. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, so he performs tonight. Yes. So yeah. I'm just thinking of this, the small degrees of separation <laughs> that go here because me and Rhapsody were talking because, for those who don't know, she's doing the song for Ruby Bridges on Our Heroes Rock. Yep. And I met Nico because Janice Torres, who got me the job at The Zone, was doing PR for Nico. And the, they all knew each other. And I was like, this is very strange. Yep. And you know, you know, Nico was like, oh, yeah, you know, Misa is my mother. I said, yeah, I met Misa through JoJo years ago. Yep. And now you're mentioning this, and it's like, wow. Okay. Yeah, it's my cousin, like my little cousin. I only have one cousin. Um, well, actually, I guess I got cousins on the other side of my family, too. But like on my mom's side, I only have one cousin. Um, one boy cousin. And yeah, they're best friends since forever. I mean, Misa's his godmother. They grew up to the exact same age. They grew up together, like, Used to be at the crib. They'd be playing video games. I'd be playing video games with my best friend. Um, yeah. So all that to say that, yeah, Puff is off Puff limits. is off table. Yeah, that's and that's her number one guy. He's, he's gone. He's stricken. It's way too close. She ain't going to ask you for a hall pass. She's just going to take it. No, you can't even do that. <laughs> then we got beef. There's, it's funny because she's always like Puff all the stuff. We walk into my grandma's house. And my grandma in New York, um, my godfather worked at, like, Uptown Records and all this stuff, like, growing up as well. And... Him and Puff are best friends since they were nine years old. Both went to Mount St. Michael, all this stuff. So um, my Uncle Chuck, Bone, and we're, like, chilling. And there's a picture of my dad at my Uncle Chuck's wedding because they're best friends as well. My dad and Puff didn't get along at Mount St. Michael, long story. But the picture is my godfather, Chuck Bone, in the middle, and he had two best men at the wedding. His wedding was in Dominican Republic, and it's my dad on his left, and Puff on the right. And Elena, like, walks in. She, like, looks at it. She looks at me. She looks at the picture. And this is, like, when we first, the first time I brought her to New York. She was like, what? And I was like, yeah, now that's my godfather in the middle. She's like, you know, like, Puff is really, like, like yeah, no, Puff is, like, that close to the family. Off the table. Yeah, Can't do it. That's, so third hall pass rule, off the table. Michael B. Jordan might get away with it. Um, I'm sh very surprised because I, I posted a video making fun of my wife after she just deep stared Michael B. Jordan. How many married people, married women were like, can't blame her. <laughs> I was just like, all oh, y'all are creeps. Every single one of you guys for Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, he, I, I feel like he might be the hall pass god. Like, he, that's just his thing. Like, all the women are like, it was Idris Elba. Now it's Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, I, th it's just, I think there's like an age cutoff. Like there's some <laughs> women that go, ah, Michael B. Jordan's a little young. Idris Elba's like the ultimate hall pass for a lot of. Yeah, women. Denzel was probably before him. 
Yeah, Denzel like was like that super, other generation, like the ninth. Denzel like, was bragging rights, right? Like it wasn't even like looking at Denzel. Like I'm not saying Denzel's not a handsome dude. <laughs> what I'm saying is like if anybody said I slept with Denzel Washington, like Denzel Washington and Barack Obama are two people that are like, <laughs> like if you did, it'd be like all right, well I guess I lost because classically handsome is what you're saying. I'm like, not, not you're just normally normal yeah, looking dude. The name is bigger than the image, okay. right? Like if you're if your wife told you, ah, I have a skeleton in my closet and it's Barack Obama, well, you can't do anything about that. Chalk that up to the game. Yeah, Denzel Washington can't do anything about that. All you can do is applaud her. Good job. Yeah. Congratulations. Cool. <laughs> yeah, don't do it again. Yeah. <laughs> nah, yeah, like I feel like women came out the woodworks for Michael B. Jordan. And then the other person there, Kanye West. Oh, you're not gonna call him by his new name? Yay. His mama called him Kanye West. That's what I said. I'm gonna call him Kanye West. Yeah, I don't know who Yay is. Yay. Um, that haircut in person is horrible, by the way. I mean, it's it's horrible not in person. Yeah, it was atrocious watching that. Like, just looking at his hair. Why was he time. there? He was a special guest of Jay Prince. Okay. This is why I asked. Because <laughs> <laughs> Julia Beverly is a friend of mine. Julia Beverly was the editor of Ozone Magazine for many, many years. Julia Beverly once got called a slut monkey by Benzino. <laughs> it, Benzino. Long story. <laughs> Right. And now Coyle Ray is like Benzie. It's, oh, it's, it's so weird how these things come very closer. Julia messaged me and was like, oh, you coming to Atlanta for the fight? I was like, no, I'm not coming to Atlanta for the fight. And she was like, oh, I'm working with Jay Prince, uh, one of his fighters, Shakur Stevenson. I was like, yeah, I know who Shakur is. And, you know, she was like, oh, and this is going to bring out some celebrities. If you come through, let me know, whatever. And I forgot to message her back. I messaged her on Saturday. I was like, oh, well, just keep me posted if you continue working with Jay on a few things. Now, the reason why I asked this, whose guest Kanye was, because Jay Prince is very close to Drake. Very. And if Kanye was Jay Prince's guest, I wonder if they had a conversation at some point about this little beef. Because remember, Jay Prince was also there with Drake and Pusha. He squashed the Pusha T beef. Exactly. Jay Prince is the nicest. Oh, well. Scariest man. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I've ever, because the reputation precedes him. Oh, yeah. But when you meet him, None but polite. Did he have on his Kango? No, no Kango. Oh, no Kango. No, no, fresh cut though. He dressed great. Like he is the ultimate like businessman. Yes. Like it. It's the closest I will ever be to like what I see in like the Bugsy Siegel like mafia style like movies where it's like they always look great, took care of the community, seem nice, but maybe on the back end there might be some like scary shit. Yeah, you don't like, cross him. No, like he's. And it doesn't strike me as he would do anything to anyone. But he got some people that know some people. And it's just one of those states where I'm like, yo, it's, it's crazy. And he's so well-connected in and out of boxing. And Shakur, he's doing well with Shakur's career and all that good stuff. I think he's putting him in positions that he has to be in. Uh, he works well with Bob, which is odd. Like him and Bob are like super cool and like very cool now after – the stories I heard coming up with, like, the Floyd situation and everything. Yeah. Um, to see them now, like, they're very chummy, and, like, Bob takes really good care of Shakur because of that and, like, their relationship and everything, I'm sure. Uh, that shouldn't be sour. But it, Bob is an odd guy. <laughs> I mean, um, Bob, yeah. Bob, Bob still is, like, very, like, handshake deal-ish. Like, he's he got those old-school morals still. So I can see why him and uh, Jay Prince get along. But, yeah, just Jay and then having Kanye. Kanye fell asleep during the fights. Big like shocker. Dozing off and nodding, like clearly knocked out behind his glasses. I got a video of Kanye sleeping. 
at ringside at one point. He woke up for the end, though. Um, but, yeah, it was just Kanye. I don't know. I, now seeing him in person, being very close, seeing how he actions, seeing, seeing how he moves, he seems very disinterested in everything. He's just off. Yeah. Like, he just, you know how some people walk into a room and they, like, radiate and they just make everyone in the room happy or you can feel their aura and, like, all this stuff and, like, man, that person's good. Like, there's stars like that. We talked about that, like, Rihanna once. Like, she walks in a room, it's like, yes. wow. Like, just the, he's the opposite of that. It's like a black hole walking around. It just sucks the energy from the entire room. If this was Harry Potter, he'd be a Dementor. <laughs> and I was unable to cast a Patronus. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, he, he was just, man, it was like walking misery. And I was like, yo, I don't think he wants to be here. But he was. He showed him dumb early. Like, second undercard fight early. He had nothing else to do, I guess. I, I wonder if he's still living across the street. At the Mercedes Benz? No Mercedes Benz. I don't, I don't know. Uh, if you're just randomly in Atlanta, he's got the jail cell looking bedroom. It just sounds like James Prince was like, what are you doing, Kanye? You're coming to this fight. <laughs> I don't know, dog. You coming to this fight. All right, what time you need me there? Yeah. <laughs> Second fight. Nobody shows up that early for fights. No. There, but the, the bigger thing is, outside of Kanye, which is obviously a big deal of him being at a fight, which is one thing. I had this fantasy a long time ago about what's the biggest fight that a person like Kanye would come out to. This was not this the was fight not that I would pick. No. I always thought that I would see Kanye ringside taking photos at a fight. I thought that's where his career was heading. It didn't happen. So yeah. I was completely wrong. It's like a what if. I could see like the artsy. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. like Sinatra being ringside. You know or what I'm Ali. Like, yeah. Right? So yeah. I, I always thought I would see Kanye one day ringside taking photos. Didn't happen. There's a bigger story here. The James Prince narrative in boxing is so undertold. It is truly fascinating to me that this man of this level of respect, like we all know Al Heyman is like the shadowy figure. Yeah. Right? And nobody ever talks to Al Heyman. Most people don't even know what he looks like. 70% of people wouldn't even know he was black. Yeah. I've seen him twice in my life. I've, I saw him once. First time I saw him, well, no, I've seen him a few times. Yeah. The most we together one time. Yeah. And one time that I saw him, I was with Sway. I brought Sway out for the Timothy Bradley Pacquiao fight. Okay. And we, we had talked to Keith Thurman on Sway in the morning. I have to be a guest on the show. We walked out for the weigh-in. Me and Sway are talking to Keith. And we're just standing there. Al Heyman walks by. I said, Sway. There goes Al Heyman. So he looks at me. And he's like, looking. He's looking for a white guy. I can see it in his face. <laughs> he's like, looking. And I'm like, no, it's, it's that guy right there yeah. with like the curly hair, like the old, like Ronald Isaac looking. Yep. Like, and I'm like, you better hurry up. He's gone. Like, that's how, that's how Al like, moves. Like a puff of smoke. Like Man doesn't even walk. He just glides. Yeah. He disappears. But Al Heyman's like that mystery figure. Yep. Nobody talks to him. I know people that talk to him. I've actually been with people that Al has called while I've been in the room. And they've been like, hold on. And they like leave the room and talk to Al. Jay Prince is at the fights. Jay Prince is very visible. Very. I've never, I don't know if he did declines interviews. I don't know why there's not a big feature on Jay Prince because the thing that he did is he went from the music industry to boxing and has become one of the most powerful figures. Like there's, <laughs> there's MTK. Yep. <laughs> which, which, woo. The MTK stories are something else. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they're involved, yep. and then there's James Prince. There's a few other guys as well. But Jay Prince has been this significant figure for black culture in boxing 
and has guided plenty of careers, and nobody ever talks about him. Nobody even knows. A lot of people don't even know where he came from. Yep. You, like, you talk about Jay Prince, you sell somebody Rap-A-Lot Records, they'd be like, what's that? Like, what? I think Kriegel just did, like, a story detailing, like, kind of from the Mayweather. Right. Like, 01, 02, like, how Jay Prince met Mayweather through now, and how he, like, stuck around and, like, the different people he's helped. Uh, I think he went from Mayweather to Ward to now Shakur. So Kriegel put together like a little thing for that. I don't think he had any quotes. No, like that's what I'm saying. Like the Jay Prince story is can you reach out? It connects the community. My next undefeated article. There's a reason why I like Shakur fought in Atlanta, right? There, there's a reason why Jay Prince is so involved. Yep. And he's paid and he's respected. Nobody will ever cross James Prince. Uh, Jazz Fly, God rest his soul. Uh, Jazz Waters. Wrote his autobiography. And I was like, you got close enough to Jay to write his. She wrote it. And she sat with Jay and, and did all this stuff. And I have it. I haven't finished reading it. But if you read it, like I've read half of it, I was just like, yo, this. And this is a book, right? But there's no features. There's no video. There's, there's like very small things. He's such a big part. Kanye didn't come on his own. No, no, no. Jay was like, hey, again, what are you doing? Yep. Because, I, I, you know, Kanye, like, <laughs> I'm sure Kanye gets his phone. There was a time when Kanye didn't have a phone. But I know Kanye <laughs> had a phone, and he was like, and he's like, hello, hello, J- hi, James. Hello, James. How are you doing, James? What do you need, James? Yes. Yes. Well, I was, okay, I'll be there. Bye-bye. Like, that's, that's how I figured the conversation went. And James is very calm. If you ever talk to James Prince, I've talked to him, like, once or twice, very calm. Oh. He never raises his voice. Nothing. That's the scariest part. That man's scary. scary. I say all this to say I respect the hell of him, but right. you can't cross him. No. And when you say that him and Bob Arum are like chummy, it's not chummy, it's respect. Respect? Yeah, it's like old school, like this handshake. Like. Bob Arum probably owes James Prince money. No longer, I'm assuming, with the mm. Floyd thing. I don't know. I, I think um, in some way, shape, or form, he's in debt to certain people. It's, I, it's one of those, like, I respect your gangster. Like, like, when they look at each other, and they're just like, the, the grind is similar. And it's yeah. one of those things where, I guess James is much, it's somewhat like Aram, where you go, how do you always find the next guy? Because people thought Bob was out, like, five different times. Yeah. Like, you lose Oscar. And they're like, oh. Like, even after Ali, so, and all that. Like, what, Sugar Ray was there for a second, I think. I mean, he found Pacquiao. Yeah, like, yo. Oscar's gone. Floyd is gone. You find Floyd and Pacquiao together. Okay. Then eventually lose both. Well, guy now has still female Shakur. He's triple OG. 24, 23 years old. Like, undisputed champ here. Guy two division champ there. Probably going to be unified. We'll talk about that in a sec. Like, you're good for the next 10. Oh, and then another person we'll talk about, which is the youngest person ever signed to top rank, Xander Zayas, just turned 19. Yeah. Like, he's Bob, and same thing with James. James Prince is like, okay, you got Shakur. Are you okay with just Shakur? No. He probably has the best young heavyweight prospect in the world in Jared Anderson. So you look at that, oh, okay, no, you're just going to keep rolling. <laughs> like, you're going to keep rolling. And he has, he has the power in the back, even, like, different than Bob. Bob understood how to play, like, um, like countries, and he, he builds fighters in a different way. 
James Prince just understands, like, no, we're going to make you young and cool. Yes, and black. And black. We're going to lean into that part. Yep. What and, you are with and I got plenty of connections. Shakur, he's like, yo, Shakur, who do you want to walk you out? Anyone is on the table. Yeah. Again. Because <laughs> no one is saying no to me. Again, here we go. Here we go. Migos is sitting at the table. Quavo looks. Hello, James. Yes. This is Quavo. Uh-huh. You need what? Well, I was getting... Oh. Who's that? Oh, he's a boxer. Walk him out. Sure, James. What time do you need me there? Can I bring the Migos? Oh, no? Okay. Sorry, guys. You're out. Yeah? How much am I getting paid? Nothing? Okay, bye-bye. <laughs> That's how the conversation went. Now Quavo's walking Shakur Stevenson out. Hancho out. <laughs> yeah. Hancho <laughs> out. That's it. James Prince is the power player. And, and we'll close this because we got to talk actual boxing. Oh, yeah. Uh, what we came here for. When we talk about Bob Arum, when I say, like, I fear that Bob Arum is in debt to people. Like, everybody owes MTK money. Even if you don't owe MTK money, you owe MTK money. If you know anything about MTK, just Google, just Google MTK. Yeah. Just, just Google. I'm not going to do it here. Interesting promotion. Yeah, very interesting. James Prince is not in debt to anybody. You know what's funny? That you mentioned MTK and James Prince. Um, that is the exact two entities that Bob partnered with on this fight. Yes, I because know. Because Herring is on MTK. Yes. Yes, like when MTK was side. just signing more and more fighters. I think they yeah. signed JoJo D. JoJo is that. Yeah. And, and you wonder, like, well, where is this, where is this money? Google it. I'm not going to talk about it here. There's a... <laughs> It's a dark underworld. We're not putting this on wax. <laughs> yeah. Let's just want no beef. No. No, there, there no are no smoke. studio gangsters yeah. behind the scenes in uh, boxing. No, no, no smoke with anybody. Mm -mm. Promote who you promote. <laughs> we wish you all the best. Um, yeah, let's hit the break. Let's come back. We got to talk the actual fight. Shakur versus Jamel Herring. We'll go down the card a little bit and then talk about the main event and what's next for both fighters. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. Tons of boxing talk after this. Hey everyone, it's Lindsay Rhodes and I've got a new podcast, the NFL Road Show. Fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get you set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes. And we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to the NFL Road Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, just that quick, we are back. Time to actually talk about the fight. Not the brunch, not the celebs, the fight itself. Shakur Stevenson versus Jamel Herring went down last Saturday night. I actually like this undercard. It was five straight knockouts. But it was a weird undercard because you have legacy fighters, like children of people. You have um, a prospect that's on fire as well. You have... Someone coming off the Olympics on there. Like, it was very oddly placed with, within terms of, like, the ceiling for these boxers and what they will be. But everyone was young. It's one thing, like, Top Rank went out and was like, yeah, um, no old fights. <laughs> like, are you 25 and under? Okay, you can, you can be highlighted on this card. So, first, Evan Holyfield. First time fighting on a Top Rank card. Uh, sixth fight in general. Mm -hmm. 
the kid looks like he's actually pretty good. He's he's not a bad fighter. He he was on a few of the cars at the zone when I was there, so I sit in fighter meetings with him. Um, yeah, he had a pretty big knockout this weekend too. Oh, like and it was against someone. They didn't give him a can no. either. Like I looked at the other kid, I was like, Yo, this other kid got skills. He's bringing it to him early in the fight. He had to fight off his back foot a little, and then his corner was like, "Yo, stop playing with him. Like, go, you walk him down." Oh, and that he did, and took the kid's head off. Five knockouts in six fights. Hometown crowd in Atlanta. They weren't late arriving. They were there cheering him on. Evander was there to watch. Evander was there. Um, after the fights were over, they walked. They were staying at the Omni where I was staying. They walked from the arena outside and walked into the thing. Like, no car service, no nothing. Because it was right around the corner. And uh, people were, like, following, getting autographs. I was like, yo, Evander's accessible. Like, Evander just walks through Atlanta like, yeah, I got a stash. Like, yeah. cool. I wonder if Evander is aware like, he's got so many kids. Tons. Right? So it's like, where does his, his, one of his namesake rank on his kid list when there's things <laughs> to do? This is just a random question. It's like, if you if you got your daughter going to homecoming and your son's having a fight, which one do you pick? Well, you got to go to the fight. But it'll be the fights on Saturday. I know. So, yeah. I'm just I mean, wondering. Like, when I saw Vander there, like, I saw a picture and they showed a Vander Holyfield there. The first thing I went through was like, man, you got your ass whooped by Vito or Belfort. That's yeah. The first thing I thought. Yeah. Second thing I thought was, Damn, Vander Holyfield's at the fight. He's got he's got plenty of kids. We've talked like people talking about Mike Tyson, right? You never heard like stories about T- Mike Tyson with like seven thousand kids. No, Vander Holyfield's got a lot of children. How many kids does Mike have? I don't know, but we just know Evander has a tribe called a tribe called Holyfield, right? Yeah, there's like there's a village of kids, and one of them fights, and he happens to be good. How do you pull that diamond out the rough and be like, you're the one, and I'm gonna show up to your fights, and yeah, he's there, and it seems like Evan I feel like it's the kid who is around the gym all the time. So in proxy, you get pretty close. I wonder, like, was that a decision that needed? Again, there's like 20. I don't know how many kids there are. There's a lot of kids. The other one went to Georgia and played running back, yeah. and then went to the NFL for a second. Yes. So I mean, they all seem athletic. I mean, I hope so. Yeah, like he had a, a daughter that was doing something like track and field or something. Like they're all pretty athletic. Like you have enough kids. Your your chances of having an exceptional child go up, like I'm, like if you're an athlete, a world class athlete, and you pump out a bunch of kids, one of them is gonna have your genes athletically. I mean, you hope so, right? Yeah. It's just you he just got hope, a couple. You just hope that kid doesn't hate you at the end of the day because that kid didn't get enough attention. No, that's true. It seems like him and Evan have a good relationship. Evan um, was very complimentary about him. Did you know? Just, I mean, what are you gonna say? I hate my dad. <laughs> just he wasn't like, there. He's he's gracious. For what his dad did and his dad being around. Because his dad could just not be around. His name could just be Evan Holyfield. And his dad's not putting him over in wrestling terms. Like, he, he's, he's glad that his dad's around, like, put him over. And, I mean, the kid showed out. So, that was, was a good showcase for him. Then we had Nico Ali Walsh open up the ESPN portion. Who, uh, his godfather's Flavor Flav. So, Flav is around the, <laughs> the whole fight week. Yeah, Explain boy. I mean, Vegas. I mean, I get it. Play. It's Vegas. <laughs> No, but it's like who's gonna be who's Godfather? Muhammad Ali and Flavor Flav. They used to, to a both party. be at Gorman games when uh, Biagio was playing. Yeah, it's Nico Ali Walsh. He gets it. The kid needs some work. Yeah, his ceiling's not what people like. His he doesn't have a championship ceiling. That's it. I mean, technically he can get a belt. Yeah, but um. 
I think he they're positioning him well to do what he can. Yeah. And I'm wondering, like, when do you when do you get greedy and just be like, it's Ali's grandson. I wonder if we can pull off a Paul fight. Because if you're not going to be a champion at, like, the highest of levels, there's some star power there. Yeah, that's dangerous. Even if I'm Jake Paul, I'm even like, eh, I don't know if I want to beat up on Muhammad Ali's kids. Why not? I don't know. That's that, I mean, there's there's heinous, right? Like, there's being a douchebag, and then there's just being straight up. As long as you don't trash talk Ali. But, yeah, you could just be like, yo, you're never going to be a gr- grandfather. You're only here for a reason. Like, Jeez. there's some trash talk to sell that fight. I don't know. I mean, but Nico Ali watched, like, I watched him, and I was just like. And he's a legit boxer, which is what Paul can say. Yeah. I fought a legit boxer. I mean, he gets hit a lot. This is naturally not not even close to his dad, obviously, but he doesn't seem he doesn't have as high as a ceiling as a lot of young fighters. Uh, he'll be riding off of that name for a minute, and then it becomes dangerous, right? Because like you write off your name, and then eventually somebody's like, "You gotta fight somebody," which yeah. people always say, and it's like, what does that mean? Like he doesn't he hasn't really fought anybody. That's not you gotta fight somebody for like your first fifteen fights. You can yeah, ride mean, you can ride out for a second. In Mexico, nobody yelled at Canelo. You gotta fight somebody because yeah. <laughs> Canelo fought nobody for like no. years. Deontay Wilder ain't fight somebody until like his thirty third fight. Yeah, for real. Like, like just knocking out cans. Yeah, they would they would pull up to wherever uh, Deontay was getting ready to fight, and they'd be like, "You, you, <laughs> what you doing this week? No heavyweight limit. <laughs> it's like you want to fight this big guy. How much? How much do I get? You get plenty of money." They have no idea how hard Deontay hits, yep. and they just go out there and get washed. It, like, Nico Ali Wallace, because same with Jake Paul. People go, Jake Paul, why haven't you fought anybody? Jake Paul's had a few professional fights. He doesn't need to fight anybody no. yet. This isn't the UFC where they just throw you in the, in the woods for, like, nickels and say fight and die. <laughs> they don't do that. But Nico Ali Wallace is going to fight. He's going to be on TV. And then one day, people are going to say he needs to be fight a contender, and he doesn't. Like, he's no. not ready for that. No. And it's okay. Just let him fight people. Yeah. He's not bad. No, he's not bad. He's better than the average person at fighting. <laughs> like yeah, he's better than me. Yeah, me too. That's like, so that's all that counts. Like, listen, man, you're good enough to be showcased here. And yeah, his competition will go up. He wants to grow. He wants to be a professional athlete, like by every sense of the word. So they're just taking it slowly. But again, like Jake Paul, you can't bury this guy on cards while you're taking it slowly. No, he's got, so he's just got to fight. Yeah. Cans opening shows. shows right? yep. Like, that's it. That's so the they're doing it well. Um, he gets the knockout, TKO, um, victory there. And then Komain, Xander Zayas, prospect of the year on lock, I think. Like, at this point. Yeah. Five fights, he's, four knockouts. The kid's the goods, man. And he's just getting bigger. Like, oh, my t- God. He's, like, like, he's filling his out. His width is crazy. Yeah. He, he's glad he's be a at, yeah, I'm glad he's at 154 right now. But that's. Probably short, but yeah, he won't be. He'll be a super middleweight. Ooh. 68. He'll end up at 68. Yeah, yeah, at some point. I mean, that just looking at and he's learning every fight. He's so patient. Yeah. Like he's not chasing the knockouts, which is the hardest thing to tell someone when you're like young and you know, social media era. Like, I just want to go out there and just knock people's block off. He could if he wanted to. Um, he could be Edgar Belonga if he wanted to. But, no, he wants to be a technician. He wants to have all aspects of the game, much like Canelo, where it's one of those where you're like, okay, I can see the talent. I can see him piecing it together. Canelo struggled every now and then in fights. Yeah. And 
It's now helped him in the long run. You need adversity. Yeah, and they gave it to him when they needed to give it to him and when he was green and all this stuff. But now, he's 30 years old. He's the greatest fighter on the planet. Yes. So, Xander's kind of on that path, and I, he's going to come back December 11th, MSG, six fights in a year, which young people don't do at all anymore. No. He just turned 19 in September. Like, youngest person ever signed a top rank. I think they understand what they have in Zayas. And, I mean, my grandma's all on board. She, you know, she loves Puerto Rican fighters. Um, I mean, look, you need a Puerto Rican star. Definitely. Like, it's, At all it's just like mandatory. You need a Mexican star. Yeah, like, it's, just, it's Mando. Like, Puerto Rico, they, they haven't had, I mean, the one that was supposed to be murdering oh, somebody. Yeah. So you can't look, really look oh, at that guy God. with the he who shall not be named. Yes. You can't really look at that guy anymore. Puerto Rico, like, now that Miguel Cotto is gone, you, there really hasn't been yep. anybody to take that place. And you got a 19-year-old kid who we can build slowly. He's going to have to fight in Puerto Rico at some point. He's got to you know, continue to fight at the Garden. It's in the works. He's fought, he fought last year in Puerto Rico, and it's, like, super dope. Um, him, his dad is, like, great. Right. Yeah, got my grandma and my grandpa tickets, brought them out. They were with, like, the family sitting, like, second row. Like, my grandma uh, has pictures with Xander and, like, the whole fam, and, like, she loves the kid. Um, but it's personally for me, because everyone knows on the podcast, like, I'm sitting here today and I'm covering boxing and combat sports because of my grandmother. Um, and a cable box growing up. Uh, but, yeah, like, she always put wrestling in front of me. We had every pay-per-view, every boxing match. Every, to this day, she watches every boxing match. Like, it's what she does. And I grew up around it, and hence I'm here talking about it, and we have a show uh, for six years because of her. So, And I know how much she's loved every Puerto Rican champion throughout history. Um, we watched the Wilfredo Benitez fight together the other day because mm. it was on ESPN Plus, and I showed her how to, like, set it up and watch the old fights because she only knows how to watch live fights. And then um, so we watched that together, and it, it's cool, like, to be like, Grandma, I'm in a position now where I can get you tickets or you can see the next great Puerto Rican fighter. And not only that, but you met him and you have pictures, and, like, it's cool. Like, every time I see him, they're like, how's your grandma? How's your grandpa? All this stuff. Go, oh, when we fight over there again, they got to come out. Um, so, no, it, it's dope that she gets to experience that because it's not like she ever got to meet Kodo. Right. Or um, just any of the greats growing up. Oh, uh, yeah, Tito. Uh, that wasn't her favorite person. <laughs> but <laughs> she had to root out of, out of, out of nature, uh, you know, just out of culture. But, um, yeah, like, it, it's cool that she gets to experience that firsthand now. So every time he fights, she's like watching and like cheering on. And I'm sure cursing loudly in Spanish, telling you know him to kill the guy. Like she's she's a wild person. So um, it's dope to see his path. But yeah, I, I think fights again in December. I think he locks up prospect of the year, and then it's like, all right, what's next? Now I, next year, I think he takes that Canelo jump, where Canelo fought um, old Shane Mosley. Yeah, he could I be. I think on that you path. can fight someone who may have had a title like five years ago at 154 and five, six years ago and just add that to the resume. Right. So, yeah, that's like his, his next steps going forward. And then main event, Stevenson versus Herring. All right, got to start with this. I said this was either going to be his Diego Corrales Floyd Mayweather moment or it was going to be his Zab Judah Kasazu moment. Yep. It was not his Zab Judah Kasazu <laughs> moment. This kid, like I, I was concerned. I, I was not sure. Shakur Stevenson 
was going to focus the way he needed to focus on his opponent, who was going to come to fight, wasn't as nearly as talented as Shakur, was going to bring the fight to him. And I thought he would squeak out and make it ugly and win a decision because of his defensive prowess. He did exa- almost exactly what Floyd Mayweather did to Diego Corrales, except Diego was undefeated at the time when Floyd fought him. A lot of people didn't go get Floyd. Eh, it was like a 50-50 fight. Yeah. Diego was murdering people on the way up. He was tall. He was lanky. brought the fight to everybody. And Floyd just obliterated Diego Corrales, career-making performance. Shakur Stevens just had his Floyd Mayweather performance against <laughs> Jamal Herring. Like, he – he didn't give up. Like, I don't even – like, the judge that gave Harry, what, the second round? First round. First round. Like, what were you watching? I have no clue. Because this, it was – This was a virtuoso performance. Skunked him. Like, this like, was – this was complete and utter domination. So, to be clear, I didn't score the fight because I was watching it while I was ringside at Bound for Glory. I was, at, <laughs> I was watching pro wrestling, but I had my phone up, and I watched the entire fight on my phone. And I was like – I was sitting next to Big Mac, and I was like – Oh, yeah, he's having his uh, Floyd Mayweather moment. Because there was not a single round that he didn't seem in control. And he, he went in and was like, yo, listen. It's one thing to be good enough, especially at a championship level, to have a game plan and win a fight. He went in there, much like John Jones did when he was young. He was like, how do I want to win this fight? Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm just outbox him at a distance. It was piecing Jamel up early. He was like, you know what? Stand in the pocket and trade. And I'll get hit. Because this kid, if he doesn't want to be hit, he's not going to be hit. He's like, no, you stand in there. Body work, all this stuff. And fundamentally broke Jamel down until the fight had to end. Jamel had nothing for him. No. He was too quick, too fat. Jamel couldn't hit him. It was right in front of him. Couldn't hit him. Dude, in the first round, I was watching, and I whispered to myself, I was like, oh, it's going to be a long night. <laughs> Jamel missed with the right hand, and, you know, Shakur pulls back, and he, like, shucks off to the side, right? And he pivots away from his power hand. And the look on Jamel's face when he missed, I was like, oh, this is going to be bad. Because usually you can miss a punch. It's kind of like when Canelo missed Floyd, the first yeah. time one of them long body shots, and Floyd did one of these, like, ole! And Canelo looked on his face, he was like, I'm going to keep trying, but I'm in trouble. Jamel had the same look on his face because Shakur pivoted, pulled back, spun, cracked him, and then stepped back right back in his boxing stance. And the look on Jamel's face is like, I know this kid. He's a kid, and this kid is beating me up. <laughs> right? Because Shakur's what, 24? Yep. Jamel's 35. Yeah. Jamel's just came off the biggest win probably his career, knocking out Carl Frampton. Oh, yeah. He's feeling himself. Look great. Not even in a bad way feeling himself, no, but he feels like I can beat so. anybody in this weight class. Mm-hmm. And you fight a guy who's like, I don't think I feel like having you touch me tonight. That's what Shakur did. Yep. Shakur, and we kept talking about the four kings, and Shakur always gets kind of left out because yeah. his weight class lower. You know, he's like, he hasn't had like the career that Ryan and social media. But now it's like, this was that performance. There's five kings now. Yeah, yeah. The Fab Five is ring, ring mag said. Yeah, this, this kid is a problem. We knew he was probably going to be a problem. But once he opened up the offense, oh, yeah. That's when I was like, oh, this is a different, this is a different beast right here. Yep. He, he can do that if he wants to do that. Yeah. And, he can be exciting. Oh, yeah. Um, going forward, there's only one fight for him, right? I mean, there's plenty of fights for him. 
But it, uh, the fight that should Matt, happen is the Oscar Valdez. Oscar fight. Valdez, who looked the opposite of what Shakur looked in this well, fight. This is all right. So one, uh, so he finishes Herring in what was that? The ninth round? Tenth. Tenth round. Finishes Herring in the tenth round, which is basically a thorough beating. Yeah. There's no question. There's not. No, there's not a flash knockout. None of that. First question I always have about a fighter is what happens when you get hit in the face real hard. That question is usually eliminated when you're not getting hit because you're that defensively sound that nobody can hit you. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen if Shakur gets hit. I still don't know. He hasn't been cracked a good one, but yeah. he doesn't get hit clean. That's just not what happens. So he finishes his fight in 10 rounds, completely and utterly dominant. And now it's like he's aiming at Valdez. If you're top rank, you have to make this fight. You should. The reason why. Sounds like they're considering other options. I know. The reason why is somebody else is going to beat Valdez before Shakur does. Oh, yeah. Therein I lies your problem. I think they're counting on that. Right. So it's like, if, you're, if, you want, if you look at Shakur, this is what happened with Floyd. This is why Floyd left top rank. If you don't make that fight, it's kind of disrespectful to Shakur because he's earned it. Yeah. Like, I don't care what you think about Oscar. Oscar's a really good fighter. Because at this point, you're not making this fight because it's a 50-50 fight. You're making this fight because Oscar didn't look so good. Shakur looks better. You hope it's a great fight, but you have to make that kid a star. Yeah. Which you've already done. You can't give him no boo-boo fight. Like, he has to go out there and fight the best in his weight class. Oscar Valdez will get up for that fight. He has to. Yeah. What other fight do you do for Shakur if it's not this one? I mean... They'll try if, for any reason, Oscar Valdez takes two to tango. Yeah, well, Oscar's got to step up too, yeah. So, if Oscar says, I'm not fighting him now, they will make Oscar fight Navarrete moving up. Yeah, which we've, they've been teasing. Yeah. Because, again, Oscar has to accept a fight. Oscar might be like Navarrete, which Navarrete is big for 122. Link, all this stuff. So, Oscar saying a fight Smaller guy, like that's not the smaller guy to fight, but whatever. Um, I think you can move up, and if that fight happens, the only other one because you don't like Brichelt's there, but he's coming off loss, right? Um, I think he kind of needs to like rehab that a little. Um, you can see if Loma wants to make some paper because Tio ain't giving it to him. For for uh, Shakur and Loma, I don't know. Early, do, I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't do that one. Um, my best bet, if I was them, and I don't know how the the figures work out or anything, but I would probably go Gary Russell. You better pick the day. You I mean, he the, ain't fought in two years. But He's you know, due. that's what I'm saying. You better pick the day because if any other day that Gary Russell is having a holiday to fight, but him and him and Loma fought before. I know it could work under a top ranked banner. Yeah. Gary Russell can think he's going to derail the hype train. And it's probably the biggest payday he's going to get after this layoff. I go to Gary Russell Jr. and be like, all right, let's go. Yeah, he's just got to wonder what Al's going to think about that. That's, Funny. that's the key. But if the guy's not fighting. I mean, this is the Gary Russell way, right? When does his brothers fight like next week, I believe? Yeah. Or this like, weekend. Al is like, Al, you can't protect him anymore. Al, he ain't making you money. He's not making anybody money. So He made his money. Yeah. So, like. You got to, if there's someone to lend out, see, because guess what? If you beat your curry, he comes back. Now you got some options. Yeah. Now you got Gary Russell with Tank, who he's been campaigning the fight. He'll even move up to 135 if you got to fight Tank up there. So it's, it's one of those things where 
You got options. You got to – that would be my fight for Shakur if for any reason Oscar Valdez says no. Yeah, the, the, uh, in my mind, it's like it's Valdez or bust. If I'm Shakur, which he's kind of already planted his flag and said, yeah, I'm fighting, yo, he, he's ducking me. And if you're Valdez, you got to say, I'm not ducking you, I'll fight you. Valdez vacated and moved on to it. That's what I'm saying. You can't do that again. So, you, yeah, like if you don't take this fight, I hate when people say like the duck emojis in comment section that are ducking. Like these fighters are prize fighters. Like they've been getting beat up their whole life. Like they're not running from ass whooping. But – he deserves all the duck emojis if he doesn't take this fight. I mean, again, I just watched a, a guy who everybody said was super defensive went out there and had a great performance offensively. And Oscar Valdez is an offensive fighter. Oh, yeah. The problem is, I, I'm sure his team, this is not an Oscar problem, his team's like, yeah, he's probably not going to fight like that against you. Right? Like, he's probably going to try to just take away all your weapons yeah. and win a decision, which may or may not be true. Because Floyd does the same. Because Floyd, when you fight Floyd Mayweather, you go, yeah, you can't do what you did against that person to Floyd because Floyd's going to take all that away. Yep. And he might stink it out. It's like, so you better get paid for this because you're going to get paid to lose or paid for an ugly fight. Yep. But either way. Or you come in there willy-nilly. He puts a lot of punishment on you through six. And he's like, you know what? I want to get him out of here. Yeah. It could happen. That's what Floyd did like in the, those middle years. When he went from, what, pretty boy to money, it was like he just gauged the fight. It's like, I'm going in here not to get hit. And it could be a stick, stinker. But if I pepper him enough and he's showing that he's weak, oh, rounds seven through nine, I'm getting him out of here. Yeah, I mean, Floyd always was very good at saying he, he would assess his opponent and assess the risk. Yeah. <laughs> like when he fought Arturo Gotti and people said Gotti was too big for Floyd, Floyd was like, all right, I hear what you're saying. I'm going to beat the hell out of this guy. Yep. Like, he beat him so Arturo couldn't see out of either eye, but he was like, you can't fight like this. And Arturo was never going to quit. Yeah. Floyd was just going to beat him up. Shakur is, I feel like he's in that similar vein now where I can if I want to. Yep. But why put it, why risk myself getting hurt, you know, against some of these guys? But against Jamel, who, the crazy thing is, like, I know Jamel. It, it's almost, in a way, I, I said the Diego Corrales fight, but it's almost even like Zab Judah because Floyd and Zab were cool. Yep. And Zab gave Floyd hell for those first few rounds. And Zab being the front runner that he is, faded, <laughs> hit him in the nuts. We had parents come in there, the whole brawl. And Floyd, that was one of the nights where I was like, Floyd's different. Floyd got hit in the nuts. Roger jumps in the ring. Floyd, like, everybody's in the ring. And what is Floyd doing? He's sitting in the corner. Yep. Zab's all excited, waits for the bell to ring, and just beats up Zab Judah. Yep. If Shakur, who I feel like has that gear in him now, where he could say, I'm good. I can talk all I want all week, take pictures with my pregnant girlfriend. Whatever he's doing, and then on fight night, it's on. It's on. Everybody's in trouble. Yeah. Shakur, what doesn't come across, because he, you know, smile, dimple, everything. Shakur has what Bud Crawford has, which is this odd level of intensity and competitiveness to the point of, Mid-fight, after the second round, bell rings, beating the hell out of Herring already. Bell rings, looks over at Bud, finds him in the crowd. And was like, nods at him, goes back to the corner, and Bud just can do nothing but laugh. Because he, he was out there not only to win the fight, but to prove just to his friends, competitive, like, yo, Bud, 
you know I'm better. <laughs> like, come on. Like, there's, you should have known. Don't come in here fight me because he's your friend saying it's a 50-50. You know how I get down. You know I get busy in here. And he has a nasty streak. And it is. Like, Floyd, even to me, Floyd's just better than everybody. Yeah. Like, he knocked people out because he just could knock people out at times. But he wasn't, like, mean or vicious with it. He was just skilled. And so happy that, you know, led to knockouts right now. Shakur and Butter, like, that different level of, like, no, they're, like, vicious with it. And Shakur is skilled enough to not get hit. But now I think the evolution of Shakur Stevenson is, yeah, there's nastiness to it. And I think this is the first time we get to see that, where he knows and wants to punish somebody. And this is somebody he likes. Like, and he talks trash all week about someone he yeah. liked, apologizing to me, ring immediately after, when Shamel Herring's wife was having none of it. And he was like, yo, I'm sorry, I understand. She had, it was like, it was just, you know, fight week, this is how we get. She wanted to hear none of that. Um, but that's, he did this to someone who he likes, who he's trained with before. Him versus Valdez would be a whole different beast. Yeah, no, he'll, he'll trash talk Valdez. He'll, he'll, he wants to beat him up. Yeah, and he'll want to beat him up. And if he has that kind of performance, like, a star was kind of born against Herring. Yeah. If he goes and fights Valdez for a title and beats the hell out of him, then the star is, like, truly there. And the scary thing is, like, well, now who wants it? Because now we talk about the five kings. Teal's not going to be at 35. No. He's He'll out be at 40. Yeah. Devin Haney's fighting with appears to be Jojo Diaz. A couple nights before tank fights. Romero. Yep. I'm sorry. I have to back up for a second. What was this Tank Davis uh, Romero press conference? <laughs> it was entertaining. He Kinda. said his penis is longer than his, <laughs> his arm. <laughs> this is trash talk? I'm Roley, sorry. Roley is Roley's nuts. Roley's nuts. He's going to get killed for this. Oh, yeah, he is. But he's funny. At, um, <laughs> shout out to Mark Ray Bundy, who sent me a video. After the presser, Roley put up $2,000 that no one in attendance, like fan or media, could beat him in Connect Four. What is wrong with this guy? And no one beat him. He's going to make this entertaining. Like, fight week is going to be entertaining. I'm going to that fight. Oh, yeah. But I'll say that going back to his Tank, Haney, Tio, Ryan's the only one not fighting now. Yeah. Because he got hurt. Hurt. Ryan will probably fight in February. Who knows who? If it's not JoJo, it'll be somebody. He'll find somebody. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he got to bounce back. But now you have all these guys that are fighting within a few months. And now, because remember we had this conversation last week, like, what happens to the four kings? Well, now you have five. And now it's like, you can match them up any way you want. Yep. Because now you're reaching the age where it's like, oh, we can't baby any of you anymore. Shakur was the one that people were like, I don't know how really good he is. And we discussed that. And now we see it's like, ah, he might be one of the best ones here. Yep. He's a little bit lighter, but that may not matter. So Haney is now the one with the biggest question mark. Because Ryan Garcia had Luke Campbell. Yep. Got hurt, got up, finished the fight. Tio fought the best fight in the world. Yep. And won. Won. Tank fought Mario Barrios, who may, may not be anybody to a lot of people. But the powers, you can't, can't deny it. The Santa Cruz fight tells me all I need to about well, that. That's Santa a good win. Santa Cruz fight was tough because Santa Cruz Smaller was so guy. undersized, right? But he fought Barrios, who was a weight class bigger yeah. than him, taller than him, and obliterated. Yep. I uh, mean, like, people try to, like, say, I don't know who Mario Barrios is, but Mario Barrios is a good fighter. He, well, he is. He was bigger than Tank. Yeah, he was bigger, taller, rangier. He had pop, yep. and there was nothing he could do with Tank. So now Tank has fought a more skilled fighter at a lighter that was smaller than him, and yeah. then a bigger fighter who got pop, and results exactly the same. So... Tio's still the class of this right now because none of these guys would be the best fighter in the world. No. Right? <laughs> yeah. None of them. But Tank, Ryan, Shakur, now Devin's the one with all the questions. 
if Devin goes out there and beats up JoJo Diaz, like, let's just say, not, like, he has to know this. He can't pitch a stinker just to win. No, because Lomachenko fought him. Yep. Right? Ryan was supposed to fight him. If there was ever a fight to make a statement, this is the one. Because you're defending your WBC title, which is crazy. Like, nobody wants to fight me, and I'm the champ. Yep. Right. Go out there, show some offense like Shakur did, beat him up, and now all these fights can happen. Yeah. Because people are going to say – Devin and Ryan will happen by this time next year. It should. It yep. should. I'm just saying, but you got to make people want that fight to happen. Yep. Shakur fought in a manner that people want to see him fight again. Yep. Tank's fighting in a manner that people want to see him fight again. Must see TV. Ryan, as much as people talk about him and his mental health and, you know, his injuries, whatever – as soon as he gets back in that ring, Much everybody's going to want to see him fight again. Yep. Devin's now the odd man out. And I love Devin. I know Devin. I know his pops. Good people. Yep. He's a really good fighter. He probably has the best jab out of those five people. But you got to understand where you are. You know, like, it's, it's not just two people. It's no. It's not Spence and Crawford, and you can kind of dance around stuff. It's five. It's you're, five of you. You're in the class of five elite people. You're competing for pay-per-view sales eventually, because all five of y'all are going to be on pay-per-view. Yes. In, in a blink, like in two years. Tank's already there. T.O., I believe, is going that way with top yeah. rank moving forward. By the time everyone hits 25, you're pay-per-view fighters. Sooner or later, y'all got to fight each other to make this dope. To make, if you want, and they're all very keenly aware of making money, T.O. Fimo probably less than everyone. Like, but, you know, he's, he wants his paper, too. We just saw him negotiate. Yeah. To make Mayweather Pacquiao style money, to make this heavyweight money, y'all gotta fight each other. Yeah. And that's what it comes down to. Like your 10 mil is cute. Where I think Tank is like 10. So Devin, you're around the five. Teofimo is gonna be at like six, seven. Shakur just got three. And so that means he's gonna be at like three and a half, four mil. That's cute money. You wanna make Fury Wilder money? You wanna make AJ money? Canelo figured out how to make AJ money because unless you're a heavyweight, you got to figure out what Floyd, what Pacquiao did, all this stuff. You got to go fight the best. You could duck one person. The public will forgive you for ducking one person. At the end of the day, we'll forgive Spence and Terrence Crawford for ducking each other if they both fight every other good welterweight in their age yeah. bracket. Pacquiao, Floyd forgave them until it happened. People still bought the fight. Huge. You can't duck five people. No. Somebody got to fight somebody. And, and when they keep referencing the four kings, what did those guys do? Through multiple weight classes, they all fought each other. All of them. Hagler, Hearns, Duran, Leonard. There's four of them. The Puerto Rican in me always puts Benitez in the conversation. Yes, but that's where Shakur was not for a second. Yeah, like being that's outside. But those four, Duran, arguably for most people, may not be a debate to the, light, the greatest lightweight anybody's ever seen. Yep. Duran just beat everybody up. But everybody else had a chance when they went up to 140. When they move 147. up. 147. So, and, and if you're a guy, like, I don't know how some of these guys are going to fill out. Tank's never going to get taller. No. That's it. Like, he's just going to be, he's going to fight bigger guys. He's always going to be shorter, and he's going to have <laughs> T-Rex arms. Mm -hmm. Romero's right about that. He's got little arms. Ryan, Tio especially, is going to be a problem the, the higher up in weight he goes. Sakura, I don't. Sakura and Haney, I'm very curious about. Like as they move up in weight, because they're not like powerful fighters. How do you keep a dog like Tank off of you that's coming for you? Can you outbox him? I think Shakur, the highest he goes up in his career is probably 140. Think so? Mm -hmm. You're probably right.
But all these guys, but, they, but you're right, they have to fight each other. You can't be the four kings if the kings don't yeah. fight each other. And Keyshawn Davis is coming in, and him and Keyshawn never fight. So I think he lets Keyshawn lock and go to – Keyshawn right now is 140. Yeah. And he'll go to 147, I think. But they are, these guys, there's no excuses. 2022, like 2021, we lost 2020, yeah. right? 2021 was a year that we had to reestablish who these guys are. And we did. Devin's going to be the last one because yep. Lenar's fight stunk. Still time. Right. <laughs> But it, when we get to 2022, now we got to truly lay the groundwork for these fights to happen because they may not happen next year. Yep. The only one that's probably on the table is Ryan, Ryan and Devin. Devin. That would be mandatory at some point, and they'll mandate. Yeah, because Devin's a champ. Ryan's fighting essentially for, yeah. like, if he beats like JoJo. JoJo yeah, then JoJo's out of the way. Right. Ryan's the only number one contender. But if you go into 2022, Shakur's probably moved up another weight class, and Shakur's like, hey, Hello. guys. Yep. Hey, those titles, those are mine. I'm coming to get them. You can't duck him, Devin. If you're the champ, the guy wants him. People are gonna look at. Tank. I think he clears out 130 and is undisputed at 130 Probably. by the end of next year. And Tank's case, Tank's the complicated one because Tank is the pay per view guy. Yep. Period. Tank doesn't. Tank is fighting <laughs> Roly Romero on pay per view. It's probably and people are gonna do like, well, what's good in pay per view? Whatever it is, it's better than what everybody else is doing. Yeah, yeah. If he does 300 thousand, he's fine. 300,000 times 70 goes a long way. Yeah, if he does 200,000. Yep. People say, oh, this pay-per-view numbers stink. Not for him. Nope. In his pockets. But that's how they're not pl- cutting pay-per-view points with nobody. Right. You're the only one getting the pay-per-view points. So <laughs> Tank's put him. Great money. LRB, Tank, Heyman, they've all looked at this situation. was like, he's a pay-per-view guy. If you want to fight him, you have to come to us. Yep. The other guys don't necessarily have that right now. Like, T.O., I feel like, is a guy who can go, I'll come to you. That's fine. Yep. I'll beat you up on your stage. Tio doesn't care about this stuff. Ryan has a little bit of an ego. He's a social media star. And we saw how that all went. You know, he, he talks about social media and fights. He'll want people to come to him, but I feel like if they offer him enough money, and I, I truly believe this, at some point in the next 24 months, Ryan's going to be with, doing what Canelo's doing. Oh, he's going to be a free agent. Yeah, oh, like yeah. there's no reason to stay a golden boy. Mm. I don't even want to disrespect golden boy like that, but the fact of the matter is, if you can't cut deals for Ryan that he can cut himself, yeah. you might have to let the kid go. And Canelo's like, you see how well he's doing. And Canelo can say, you know what? Just like Mike Tyson did with Zab Judah, like, if Ryan can't get a main event, he'll just fight him on the card. Yep. And I'll pay him the same. And now you're coming to see two fights. Now, obviously, financially, you don't want to do that because it makes more Start, money to do yeah. it both ways. But why not for one night? Mm-hmm. So Dev is now in the odd spot where it's like, He's gonna, like you said last week, he wants to make three and a half million. But Devin's a promotional free agent now yeah. as well. But now but he's got to go. Eddie is helping him find the money. Yeah. And Eddie, Eddie, as much as people talk about Eddie Hearn, I like Eddie because I like Eddie a lot. He doesn't really BS us in the like. He doesn't BS his fighters either. Like, no, it's like this he, is what you're gonna get. He tries to get him a lot of money. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't work. But he's gonna go out there and try to get you that dough. Yeah. So five kings, 2022. In some way, shape, or form, these fights have to happen. There will be no more excuses as long as they keep winning. Well, let's hit our last break. Come back. Short segment before we get out of here. Preview the fights this weekend and bring it all home. So don't go anywhere. Be right back after this. Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie Adu? 
Soccer is going to explode and it's going to be around this kid. We were the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy drop Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. All right, we're back to just tie a bow on all of this fight this weekend. Like we mentioned uh, earlier in the show, it's James versus Butiev. It's the main event here in Vegas going down. You will probably be at that fight. Mm-mm. No? <laughs> like, no? Not I will, me. I will be at home. Um, well, I'll be at the fight. And uh, really, it's Boots versus DeLorme. Yes, that's what. In the co-main. Yeah, and. Talking about, listen, we just had a whole segment on, you know, this Fab Five, Five Kings, young guy. And then there's Boots Ennis and Virgil Ortiz at a higher weight where they can, this Teofimo might be up there. Haney might be up that high sooner or later, three, four years. Like, all these guys are young. They might run into each other there. But right now, it's Ortiz and Boots are the, the young guns at welterweight. Um, Ortiz will probably be up higher. By then, possible. Um, but you, you look at those two. Do we have a Crawford Spence situation brewing? We could. I mean, Virgil Ortiz has been a violent. Be- oh, like, it's a problem. He's like uh, the level of destruction that he's left in his wake is incredible. Yep. Nobody can get through him, and it's not like no respect to Berlanga. It's not, he's, it's not first-round knockouts against guys. It's like, ah, oh, he's got to step up. He's not going to be a world champion. Yeah. Like, he watched Mo Hooker. Like, he's just, <laughs> he's just obliterating people. Boots is a guy who is technically sound but can crack. Defensively sound as well. These two have to fight at yep. some point. Like, it has to happen. Because I don't think the older guys are going to fight them. I mean, they, they should start. This should mark the moment where they start going through that older oh, yeah. class of welterweight. Yeah, I mean, the Danny Garcia's, the Keith Thurman. Well, Danny is Danny campaigning to 54 an hour. What? He, that's what he says. Nobody believes him, right? I like, everybody's training. Right it's now. like, listen, Danny, you went from 40 where you were pretty, pretty damn good at 40. You went to 47 where the pop wasn't there anymore. Yeah. You were hitting guys that were bigger than you. You go to 54? I don't think it's going to work. No. So you have your Dennis Ugas, who's now like <laughs> almost a class of the division in terms of. He's like the Arisandi Lara of, of, the, yeah. of, of welterweight, right? Nobody really wants to fight him. He gives everybody hell. He gave Sean Porter hell. So you have Porter, Ugas, you have Crawford, you have Thurman still hanging around, yep. Spence, um, there's a few other guys. But if you got Virgil Ortiz. Virgil can get a Kell Brook fight. He can get a Amir Khan fight. Yeah, he'll kill them. Like, he'll kill Amir Khan. Oh, yeah, but I'm just saying. No, I'm like, not even joking. I'm like, call the ambulance, <laughs> pick up your people. Like, yeah. that's what he'll do to Amir Khan. Kell Brook's a little bit more durable, but if you put Kell Brook in there as a litmus test for either Boots or Virgil, he's going to die. Yeah. Call the ambulance, pick up your people. Now it's like, if, if listen, the loser of Porter and Crawford, I'm sure that those two are going to be like, all right, because I need to step up. Because if Danny's not going to be here, like, one of them, I'm, I'm confident that Boots is looking at Keith Thurman is like, I can beat you. Yeah. Like, now. If, if Boots handles business against DeLorme, because DeLorme is not an easy out. No. But if he washes him, I don't know what Virgil Ortiz is doing next. 
That, the rest of that division, you're looking down, and you're like, oh, they're coming. Guy like Errol Spence, he's not worried. Errol's like, nah, come when you want. Yeah. Ugas, on the other hand, is like, he's the type of guy that I'm sure is sitting there going, I welcome that because I need to beat somebody up to legitimize me. <laughs> like, I beat up Manny Pacquiao and nobody cares, right? Yeah. Like, they're doing a WBA tournament, right? This, the disrespect. The, like, the, this weekend's fight is for the world WBA, not the super, the world. And it's like for an opportunity to probably fight Ugas. Who Jamal James lost to Ugas already. Ugas is sitting there like, what do I got to do? Why are you doing this to me? I just beat the man who had the WBA title. But he's, so he, I know he's looking at this like, Ortiz, Boots, I got to beat one of you. Because Errol's not going to fight me. Crawford, Porter, they're probably not going to, they're not in a rush to fight. Ugas will fight Errol. No, I mean, Ugas will fight Errol. No, Errol will fight Ugas. But Errol will fight Ugas if the money is right. Yeah, he wants that title. He wants the title, but if they said, hey, either you fight Ugas or you fight Crawford, pick and butt. Oh, yeah, hands down. Right? But you kind of want, like, Bud to be the final step in the Thanos Infinity Gauntlet. You just don't want, but you also, if you're Errol Spence, you don't want to waste time because no. you're squeezing into 47 has been really difficult. Yep. So you got to take that fight because you're clearly you're bigger than, than uh, Crawford. Yep. But you can't, you can't waste any time. But Virgil and Boots are sitting there just going, all right, send them to us. And I think this weekend, after Boots probably beats the brakes off of Delorme, he's going to call one of them out. I think he's going to call out Keith. As he should. Like, Keith, you ain't fought in a while. Let's get Get your haircut. (laughs) Let's fight. Low cut Keith. Yeah, Virgil, he wants to fight Bud. Yeah, he's been campaigning. I mean, that's a good fight. It is a good fight. The problem with Bud's like, you, because, I mean, he beat up Mo Hooker in front of Bud. Yeah. Beat him in the oblivion and was so nice about it. I was like, I'd like to fight you, Terrence. He was like, yeah, no, no, I'd like to fight you. Terrence just talks shit, whatever. These fights just got to happen, but. Again, we're getting, we're making those steps. Him being on Golden Boy hurts. It's just, I mean, him, yeah, being in no man's land. Because yep. how many people can you fight? But uh, yeah, Boots is good. The co-main event is the main event. This weekend, definitely. It's uh, the main event better have a knockout. Yeah, I, maybe I will go to fight just to watch this and leave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, Jamal James. It's it's a good main event, but I. I, it's Halloween week, and I'm trying to spend time with my daughter. Yeah, yeah. Watch horror movies. We have Canelo next week. Yeah, and and we have two fights next day. week. Like, I might have to go to this Michaela Mayer fight. Oh, it's going to be a good fight. I don't care. I just know I might have to be there. That's a, that's a time scene. Well, I'll be there. <laughs> What's that mean? You want to hang out? I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm just saying. Get some food after? You know, dinner or something? You, you always leave before the – like, I got to do the press – you're always gone. Oh, yeah, I'm out of there. I don't stay for press conference. I clip all that next day. But tell the people. I don't say, oh, you want to have food after? I still owe Andreas a dinner um, for one bet that is outstanding. You don't want to go to the steakhouse, which was the original oh, yes. dinner plan. Yes. So, the, so for those that are aware, you know, Kel's lost all of his bets against me, and they've been brunch bets. This one's So a, far. I mean. The yeah. buck's looking good. Bucks looking good. Arizona's also looking good. They are. The other bet, if those that don't know, is that Tampa Bay has to go to the Super Bowl. I yep. have the field. He has Tampa Bay. Yeah. And I, that means I have Dallas. I have Green Bay. I have Arizona. I, I'm an injury away. I'm Tom Brady hurting his back away from saying, all right, it's over for you. Yeah. But this, that, that's a brunch, is it a brunch or a dinner bet? I can't remember. That one's a dinner bet as well. All right. So this bet was from the World Series? Were the Yankees making the World Series? No, I paid on that on a brunch. I forgot what this bet was. No, that was a handshake deal, wasn't it? 
Will Moxley coming yes. back to WWE? Yes, yes. <laughs> You're an amazing, yeah. the worst better ever. Handshake. So this one is that we have a dinner bet. Now, it's supposed to be at a nice steakhouse. But I feel like torturing Kel because for all these, for the, now that I know that Kel values steak more than sneakers, yes. I think I want to go to IHOP. Make you eat a well-done steak at IHOP as the loser of this bet. I, I'll order some pancakes or something. <laughs> but just so I can see what it looks like for you to eat a well-done steak from a place that is known for pancakes. You're a savage. Might be worth more than me going to, like, Del Frisco's and ordering a Can I get steak. A1? Huh? Can I put A1 on the steak? Yeah, I mean, you could do whatever you want. It's, it's, oh. it, you're eating a shoe yeah, yeah. from IHOP. You can eat anything with A1 sauce on it, though. I haven't had steak sauce in years. I mean, you should. I mean, you don't need it if the steak is delicious, no, right? No, that's why I haven't had a horrible steak in years. But yeah, you're about to take me back to like my my youth in the Bronx. Yeah, instead of going like the Black Angus or McCormick and Smith's or Del Frisco or any of these delicious steakhouses where you can get your nice medium steak and enjoy it with some delicious sides. Yeah, I just want to watch you eat a well done steak from IHOP with a side of them powdered mashed potatoes. Oh, I don't even eat regular mashed potatoes. I'm getting, I'm getting my steak with fries. <laughs> I just, I just, and honey mustard. I'm considering, I'm heavily considering this because I'm not going to a steakhouse until I'm drinking again. I'm ordering a bottle of wine. Oh, okay. They, they make no wine at IHOP. No. I don't want infinite didn't. coffee. You did like clown me like last week because I went to a steakhouse. Like, you didn't get wine with it? Yes, you have to have a. I a, drink an old fashioned. I mean, that's like a, that's a before steak or after steak beverage. For me, I drink a glass of wine. There's no wine at IHOP. No. So I don't know no. if I really want to no do this. No wine that yet. I want. No, I mean, I don't know what their box wine is, Stella, that they're drinking out the back. Well, you got to choose quickly because I don't want two bets to stack up against me. <laughs> so you're already conceding that no, you might no, no, lose no, no. this I'm bet. I'm going to win. Okay. I promised my wife I'm going to win this bet. You can't but, promise your wife something that's completely out of your hands. <laughs> but in February, we shall know. Yes. And I want two bets to stack up against you. All right. Well, so, so I'll, I'll consider either I hop or we'll go to the steakhouse. Yes. <laughs> Hopefully, fingers crossed. I'm paying for it, and I'd rather pay for steakhouse prices. Yeah, I don't want you to enjoy it. That's <laughs> what I'm thinking about. Then IHOP. Like, I'm not interested IHop, in- The IHOP bill would be like $40. Yeah. My wife would be like, oh, you're crazy. We'll just take the cheaper option. No, I have to eat a well-done steak. And from IHOP. Which is criminal. I don't even know what cut that is. A, like an eight-ounce ribeye New York strip. That's not even ribeye. It's an eight-ounce New York strip. Skirt steak, damn near. Like, because oh. I won't eat it. Because I'm not eating steak at all. Pancakes. No, I'm gonna have damn pancakes. shame. This man lives to torture me. Thankfully, the torture is over for today. We appreciate all of you for listening. As always, make sure you follow us on social media at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter at Corner Club for Life on Instagram. Follow me at Kel Dansby, him at Andreas Hale on all platforms. <sighs> the delicious water here at Blue Wire Studios and the wind. Resort in Las Vegas. If you guys are in Las Vegas, we record Wednesdays and Sundays. Let your presence be known. You're welcome. Come watch. We got this beautiful window outside. People walking by. They can all hear the podcast. Shout out to Cole. One man band in the booth today. Producer extraordinaire. And if you guys are wondering, he wore some dope sneakers today and completely stunned it on me. Everyone's doing it. Look at this. We got it on camera. Everyone, <laughs> Cole in the booth, wearing his kicks. Everyone thinks they're better than DCs. Everyone thinks they're above DCs. DCs are not comfortable sneakers. You're lying. 
I'm not lying. I now know what I'm getting the old man for Christmas. There is not a human on this planet that goes, I will take some DCs over some Air Maxes outside of you. Okay. I'm going to get you DCs for Christmas. No, you're not. I am. You know what I'll do with those DCs? Well, no. No, I will not. I will open them. You know that, that when Bart Simpson has the cake, at least you try and throw it <laughs> in the trash? That's what I'll do with your DCs. Do not ever put DCs near me. Those are not comfortable sneakers. You'll see it. I know your I, address. No, I won't see. Amazon will be showing up at your crib. Look, I will donate those sneakers, and homeless people will be like, don't you dare give me no goddamn DCs. <laughs> DCs are not comfortable. You got to stop. They're very comfortable. He's obviously not nope. worn DCs forever. But uh, Cole is stunned on me now. Everyone is stunned on me. We appreciate all of you. Until next time, though, we're out. Peace. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.